Hello and welcome back to Black Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back for Preacher. Take two. Because apparently uh, my recording did not export the full 28 minutes I was talking yesterday. Rather pissed off about that. But luckily I still had my notes and some time this morning. So I decided while uh, drinking my coffee, I will record once again my thoughts on Preacher. Season 2, Episode 8, entitled Holes, written by Mark Stiegman, directed by Maya Vervillo, premiered 8-7 of 2017, and I gave it a 7.4 out of 10. I really don't like the hell stuff every time they went there. Oh my god, who the hell cares? Uh, apologies in advance for the morning voice. <laughs> It's nothing I could do. It's my morning voice. And I have not sipped all of my coffee yet. So uh, this is take two. So it's not going to be as good as take one. But here we go. Inhale, Eugene has become the number one or number two bad boy with Tracy tattooed on his back. Like that ain't the girl that ruined his life. The warning comes in to place an out of order sign on the only food supply and throw a do-gooder in the hold for picking up a marker cap when she dropped it. It's just more like, ooh, a marker. Not, hey, I was giving it back to you, but whatever. They duct tape the when everyone's freaking out about no food as if, can you starve when you're dead? They duct tape the caveman to the fire on the TV which is fucked up because he really thinks it's real fire. So he's feeling the flames with Tyler, you know, um, turns up the volume. But Eugene is caught being nice by turning it down by Hitler. In 1946, uh, Cassidy sings to baby Dennis and promises to be the best dad ever. And you fail. In the present, he's watching Dennis thinking of that broken promise. He finally realizes he can just Google Translate and talk to his son. <laughs> Why did it take him so long to figure that out? I do not know. He asks if there's anything he could do for him. He's like, you know what you can do. Tub still can't sleep, which Cassidy notices to due to her nightmares and offers her a remedy that involves... I was with the whiskey and the honey, but the rat poison... She's like, we can go out and have some fun. He's like, no, I probably should stay by Dennis. She's like, you're right. This he's like, you should probably go to sleep because you look like you're really suffering from staying or not getting enough sleep. He asked about Jesse. She's basically like, I can't bother that motherfucker because he's all about his God mission. Instead of going to bed, she goes uh, out. I was kind of with her when she was like you know what you're right because she's acknowledging yes i should go to bed but i can't go to bed their conversations are so much more palatable to watch than any other conversation with jesse dennis tries in the middle of the night to use cassie's phone now that he's found a way to communicate with his dad to translate bite me and falls down in hysterics He's putting on the pressure, definitely. Jesse stares morosely when he wakes and he's all alone, deflated because he's feeling some way about his loss of 1% of his soul. 
but that was something you chose to give up on your mission not for cassidy and tulip yeah to save them but ultimately it's your ego choosing to keep something that doesn't belong to you because you think that you're special and should have it agents featherstone and hoover are renting an apartment in the same building to keep an eye on the gang under uh, surveillance until the boss arrives hair star hoover loves some booberry and she said that's why you look like that dennis watches as the nurse gives or cassidy watches as the nurse gives dennis a sedative there's nothing to be done for him jesse comes by very transparently and sincere that offered a comfort like oh that sucks just awkwardly stands there is there anything i can do but not really meaning it oh there's nothing you could do so so quick to leave when he's off the hook even though you're wearing a fucking like why do you go around wearing the same outfit a man of the cloth if you do nothing that a man of the cloth would do it's like you're a walking hypocrisy because if you really had a duty to christ don't you think that what you should be doing is whether he asked you to or not because he was offended when he was like oh christ don't pray he told you he's not a man of like i don't fuck with jesus i don't you the thing about people who are religious they love to try to tell other people about their religion or their lack of religion when you're not supposed to do that it's no judgment motherfuckers so why are you judging me you're supposed to be tolerant and understanding and still be the person that you are despite how i'm reacting so that's where jesse in this preacher outfit represents everything i hate about religion because you should go in there and as a good decent human being say you know what let me offer it even if cassidy doesn't believe you don't know what the fuck dennis believes let me try to the way you were going after tracy loach and all of that shit and that's another thing they haven't really touched on much in this show is the fact that tulip especially did lose someone very important to her she lost her uncle the last bit of family so now this is all the family that she has and yet other than cassidy who unfortunately is her friend and not her her one and only is the only one that really is checking in on how she feels about those things whereas jesse's just oh they happen and he bulldozes over them but he's also still chasing his own goals instead of being a friend to his friend cassidy you know you see his face it tells the whole story of i'm not in my fucking right mindset something's on my mind i'm bothered you don't even ask at all like what's going on with you let me take five minutes out of my day and try to actually have a conversation or do something to cheer you up or just stay by your side and give up my own fucking idea of going to the dork doctors and then standing there wanting a pep talk from his friend but he can't give the same in return just like oh it's my only idea it's all i have left my people are fucking dying around here no one gives a shit about finding god that's missing because oh my god the world's falling apart because of it it's not we have more immediate concerns and those things you don't care about um 
even Cassidy got irritated the more he kept going on and on. Like, yeah, I'm glad I thought of that. Finally, Cassidy asked if Genesis could help. And this is when Jesse became officially the most hated character. One of the characters I I've just Ooh Lord. Ooh Lord. Not only does he say, oh, I don't know if it could, because he said maybe that's not what you know, maybe you're not able to do that. Him going on to say, even so, even if I could, I don't think that's what it's for. Oh my god. This was so out of pocket and out of line. And imagine how Cassidy feels in this moment. Oh God, my voice is so scratchy. Um, but he feels as if he's been betrayed by someone like, oh, okay. Like, I guess that feels like the right thing to say, but instinctively he's like, no, that's fucked up. It was okay to bring Tracy Loach out of a coma, but you can't help a dying man that you're living in his house for free. Just and pretty much infringe themselves upon. Even Tula pulled, uh, picked up that, yeah, it doesn't look like your friend. <laughs> you know that's his son. His son. And you don't offer anything. And even if you could, you're just like, well, that's beneath me. He runs into Tulip in the hallway, uh, not understanding she's not okay. It's like, I don't get it. Yeah, clearly. And why do I have to explain it to you? Something that you should get? That's a basic understanding of, I don't want to be here. I'm traumatized. I have PTSD. And yet you're insisting on being here and because I love you so much. I'm trying, I'm still sacrificing for the things that I feel quote unquote guilty about, which I shouldn't feel guilty about because me going off and living my life and being with someone else when we take a break, that's what I can and will do. I think that she's just so committed to trying to make it work with him this time to reconcile, but there's still too much between them. And it's more beginning to feel till the end of the world is a almost an um it's almost like a commitment that you're it's so ingrained in you and i feel like that's with tulip she loves jesse so much he's the only rock she's ever had in her life and most likely it, and that's the thing right we don't watch the goodwill before we're seeing all the other side we're seeing the fallout so in her mind those 27 i don't know how old they are 28 29 years of goodwill basis versus this year or year and a half of them having this um this crisis of their relationship is also a big deal that's not really shown in tulips you know as a reasoning for her to be putting up with so much of a shit so it seems off kilter 
especially knowing the woman that tulip is like why would she put up with it but she's not putting up with it not really she's making it very clear that she's not interested she's not going to be disinterested that she is not okay and you're not doing anything about it so i'm not it's not my job to make you see the error of your ways but she's still trying to give him the benefit of the doubt that the jesse that she's known the majority of her life is still the same jesse and yet he's spiraling or as i said last episode um devolving back into someone she's not familiar with and that's because there's a point in time in which she and jesse were not together that she's unfamiliar with and she needs to get and she feels in that commitment to get to the heart of that despite what's going on with her so that's me playing devil's advocate for tulip i know shy's like she deserves better she does she really does she's not the best person in the world by far but it's really hard especially as african-american women or black women to see another black woman not being treated in a manner it's why i really like her and cassidy together because even though he's not a hot prize by any means he loves her rather unconditionally and he can he's more prone to being on her wavelength than jesse is jesse almost feels in two roles with tulip one is the protector and the other is the lover and then he also thinks he's supposed to be her conscious so i mean he's trying to be father lover and protector all at the same time back in hell they have determined based on the power source generating each cell that someone is not supposed to be there they all claim they're not supposed to be there (laughs) which was funny because why wouldn't like anyone in jail is like yeah i'm not supposed to be here dennis is dying terribly and cassidy is feeling bad so ask tulip i love the scene it's the best scene in the episode who gets him blood food by the way she's so thoughtful it's those small little things and i think that's why cassie is so in love with her because he sees how selfless she is despite how selfish she can be when she cares about the people around her and cassie doesn't have to tell her let's go to the blood bank and get some blood she just gets it for him she's the one that's feeding like she accepts him unconditionally as well as a vampire something jesse despite saying he's over or he accepts eh, doesn't in the same context that tulip is fully on board you're a vampire you need blood to eat (laughs) or to heal or whatever you know she makes sure he's stocked up on that he takes note of it on the counter uh but he asks you know have you ever thought about being me she's like no not that part about being a vampire and she takes a moment to think about it and this is a conversation he can't have with jesse because jesse will automatically shut him down and i think part of him is starting to realize that she tells him not being scared of anything or being hurt sounds pretty good but it reminds her that you know i can still get hurt she's like you know what i mean basically acknowledging you have feelings and if they're hurt 
that is something that can happen and i don't denote that just keeps in mind they still have those feelings in the air or he has those feelings and they're not reciprocated at least not in the way he wants them to be but i think that they're growing in that direction more so especially with how he's been being more of a friend and a boyfriend in a way to tulip than cassidy or than jesse has but after this and she reveals her own fears right you don't have to be scared your fingers got chopped off and you just healed back up he's like yeah that's that's one part of it that's great sure but i used to love to go to the beach that was my religion while everyone else was at church i was making um memories because that's what i want to do when i'm living (laughs) not talk about dying tulip's like well i hate the beach and i understand that fully because i too hate the beach too much sand he then shares that there's the boredom the drugs don't work anymore everyone that they love just dies except you love this scene just that long moment of empathy between the two characters of oh and then her taking that in not dismissing it just kind of like letting it sink so that she feel or that he feels and she feels the gravity of that um what's the word confession right because you're showing an intimate vulnerable uh, part of yourself something that she's done with him and now he's doing with her and she says well yeah that does suck she ends it in a quirky way but that silence between them said so much more um and then he leaves and then she goes back to still being obsessed with wanting to destroy any trace of the saint this is how she's trying to work through her trauma the dork docs end up erasing the serial number thinking that jesse was trying to get rid of evidence of his crime they're like we've seen it all in new orleans he thinks he sees a face and tries to have them blow it up back in hell eugene is thrown in the hold and has dreams preachers getting head from tracy i don't know until he kills himself hitler swears he wants to help him tulip makes her way to where featherstone and hoover are and offers to fix the holes when featherstone dons yet another disguise as a battered housewife at first tulip is suspicious like why don't you have any furniture this feels a little weird there's a gun right there but the minute she sees booberry and she says it's her favorite they become best friends she said suck it count chocolate <laughs> she's like uh have you ever put on a bulletproof vest and gotten shot no 
Sounds fine. Yeah, we should go sometime. Jesse's need for affirmation to find God and his idiotic reason to give up his soul to do so. Um, and then him being like, I need a sign. This People like this, I just can't deal with. Cassidy calls his brother Seamus. Now, he must be a vampire because they definitely sound as if they're around the same age and they were the same age. But this storyline was never explored. A lot of Cassidy's storyline from the comic was not explored and I don't know why. He thinks he wants money, which we heard Seamus in the first season on the phone when he got to, he's like, you need to stay low. He's like, I have a son. He's like, yeah, I'm sure you have plenty. He's like, no, that's an old one. And he's dying. To which he replies, Oh, don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. But he asks a very important question, which is how well do you know this man's temperament? So there seems to be an idea of what kind of person makes a vampire. Look at Cassidy. He's not a very threatening type of person. He seems like he wants to do the right thing most of the time. So him being turned into a vampire doesn't seem to change his temperament in any manner. He does end up going into Dennis's room, sings him the same song he did when he was a child, a wee lad, trying to make up for that broken promise after all these years. And hopefully he doesn't make a huge mistake. And there we go. My thoughts once again on this episode of Preacher. I was feeling really proud. I got everything out on time. This shit. I still don't know what happened. Why it only recorded one minute. But alas, we have take two. If you want to send feedback on the next episode, blackrocouch.gmail.com. You can leave a comment below on this podcast. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, subscribe. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic.